G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as you might imagine, the distress caused by that type of tragedy can affect people in different ways. And along with the emergency services who rushed to the scene late yesterday, there was also a response from chaplains. Emergency services chaplains, well, they were part of the response to an emergency Uh, That would be typical like that. And a group of chaplains from Chaplain Watch were quickly on hand to speak to holidaymakers who were at Dreamworld for a fun day out. Lance Murgard leads Chaplaincy Watch and Lance is joining us. Hello, Lance. Welcome along to 2020. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Appreciate that. Hello, uh, Lance, Lance, you were fairly quickly on the scene. In fact, uh, from Chaplain Watch, as I understand it, uh, you had someone who'd heard that news and basically up out of their chair and made their way to Dreamworld as soon as they'd heard that there was a tragedy unfolding there. Uh, tell us how that all started and, uh, and how your team began to respond to the idea that there was a tragedy unfolding yesterday. Yeah, thank you, Neil. It's... Uh it's a terrible thing that has uh, happened. Uh, our hearts and our uh, and our prayers, deep prayers, go out to the immediate family, uh, to those that were directly involved, including the staff of Dreamworld, um, to the emergency services, police, fire, ambulance, um, and to all others that were uh, involved. Uh, it things like this just grab a person's heart and I think that uh, deep prayer for peace is you know highly needed so what we we at uh, Chaplain Watch have a very clear understanding um, in a lead from the Lord that uh, people matter and because of that we want to respond to people in times of crisis or trauma um, we have uh, a, uh, been doing this for about 15 years now, but uh, as a as an organisation. But from our point of view, we are seeing that there is a lot of people that are now needing assistance that is outside of the um, the immediate um, people involved, uh, such as I was just talking about. Well, Lance, you've got people who are those who were there in line and saw the tragedy happen. And then you've got staff who are on hand and trying to manage all sorts of things that go wrong when there is uh, some sort of emergency and a a, a tragedy like this. And then you've got the the general theme park goers uh, who are going about their business and, and all of a sudden they hear that there's news of a tragedy like that and they might not have even seen it. But they're That's still right. there, and they're affected as well. Exactly. And um, uh, one of the things that we have identified is what we now call secondary trauma victims. They're the ones that stand on the outside of the thin blue line. Uh, the ones that are on the inside are the police, fire, ambulance, staff directly involved, and the public that are directly involved, family, um, neighbours, etc. 
Um, but we know that there are a lot of people that uh, see an, a, a situation that will cause them some sort of um, internalized trauma. And we are now raising up um, a, uh, a service uh, to be able to respond to what we call secondary needs. Um, and we're in the fledgling pioneer stage of uh, developing that, and we were really pleased to be able to um, be on scene uh, yesterday. Um, it perchance was that one of uh, my chaplains was uh, within close proximity and was able to attend, gave us a briefing, and then two other chaplains, myself and another, uh, responded immediately from Brisbane, and it took us ages to get down there because of the traffic. But uh, by the time we got there, um, about two hours after the incident, uh, we were able to then respond to what we call these secondary people, just the normal public that are around who have heightened feelings uh, of anxiety, of, uh, of disillusionment, of, dis uh, of, uh, of just a, a confusion as to what's going on. And um, also it they would have um, general arousal of feelings that could have come from past traumas that have been unresolved. And Lance, I imagine that in this day and age uh, where social media plays such a significant role in people's lives, uh, people within the park, uh, perhaps even within minutes of uh, the understanding that a tragedy like this has happened, uh, people are receiving messages on their phones and they're aware very quickly that there's something very significant that's unfolding in their uh, in their lives that day. Certainly. And I think one of the real problems about social media is that um, um, the truth is not necessarily the truth. Um, so what goes out, you know, can be fabricated or hearsay or embellished. And that can produce an anxiety that is... Um, um, to many people, unresolvable. So um, one of the things that we know is that if we can give people um, uh, truthful information that's not embellished but it is actual, it will dissuade uh, people from gossiping and, and getting on, the, on and making up stories, etc. But it will also reduce the trauma uh, and uh, the impact that can affect them both uh, psychologically and spiritually. Lance, tell me about the circumstances there. You and your team, you arrived and you were in the car park. You weren't within the bounds of the actual uh, tourist park itself, uh, but people were coming out of the car park. How do you describe the way that people were reacting when you had opportunity to chat with various ones who had been inside the park through the day? Yeah, it, it was very interesting. I think that there was a lot of people that, you know, the people that we were meeting had a, a whole range of responses. Some people were quite hail fellow, well met, strong bravado, um, coping in uh, in that manner. Others were quiet, little reserved. Others were quite confused as to what was going on because they still had not caught up with the, the full fact of what had actually happened there was a lot of people in the venue and uh, they all had to be uh, exited fairly quickly 
Tell me about trauma, because you're talking about trauma, anxiety, uh, even people feeling a sense of confusion. And some people might say, aren't they just normal responses? You get over some of that fairly quickly. But some people don't get over it as quickly as others. And I guess these are the ones who uh, particularly need to uh, have a listening ear to their concerns and how they feel. Uh, how important is it to be talking and uh, talking openly about feelings after you've been and experienced an event like that? Yeah, it it, it really is quite uh, fascinating. You know, so often uh, we tend to ask just the, the general question, how are you feeling? And the immediate uh, knee-jerk response will be, yeah, I'm okay. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. Yes, uh, a large proportion of people will be able to uh, work through the issues and uh, be able to have a reasonable resolution after the event. Um, however, uh, there are a lot of people that um, don't have that capacity or the event has has affected them in such a way that it is really just starting to shake their foundations. And it is... Um, it is now we understand so vital to be able to, to stand with people, just have a chat with them, talk, be able to give them uh, understanding uh, of uh, their feelings and uh, helping them to realize that what they're experiencing is normal within the traumatic event. So we need to reassure people that, uh, that the event is over because some people that's not the case. Uh, they, they're not quite sure whether it's going to happen. Um, some people want to be left alone. That's a normal way of reacting. Um, however, we just ask them if their mood is not re- not improving, then uh, we want to just help them uh, seek out company or even talk to their local GP. Um, if people are sort of gone and isolated themselves or standing alone, sometimes they need somebody to just walk up to them and respond and help them to open up. Uh, we try to help them to express their thoughts and their feelings. Um, we advise them to talk to friends and uh, to uh, to do uh, and, and others just to let it come out. Um, and uh, also we just help them that they, they don't have to feel as if they need to be in control of their life straight away. It's okay just to give yourself time. And I've got to say, Neil, um, even after attending the event today, I know that uh, I know my body fairly well, and I know that I've got some sort of, um, yeah, residual. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to sit down with a colleague just now uh, after this interview, and we're going to just talk it through again. Um, just know that we make sure that yeah, we did the right thing. We we worked it out. We'll pray, and uh, we'll pray for peace. And uh, not only for ourselves, but also for everybody involved. Uh, when you do what you do, you've got to have a team and you've got to be on the lookout for one another. And you've got to be able to be a listening ear to one another and uh, and go yeah. through those uh, those instances. And, and uh, I'll, I'll ask you about prayer in just a few moments because... I wanted to just quickly uh, touch on this idea of a delayed reaction that people might have because when yep. people suffer trauma, sometimes it's not something that comes out immediately, but this can hit sometime later. What what sort of things ought people look for in the way that there might be delays in their response or their reaction to uh, that sort of tragedy? Certainly. So I, I think some of the things that people need to be is that um, they... Uh, 
if they're starting to find that their normal routine uh, is disrupted, um, sleep patterns not as appropriate as what they should be, uh, getting to work and uh, starting to do things or working around the house and they're just feeling a little bit numb, they're not really able to get it together, um, a little listless, um, they, their health um, all of a sudden may... Uh, some people may want to start to eat a lot more, it's comfort eating. Others may want to start to eat less. Um, they need to be aware of how much tea and coffee they, they needing to drink if it starts to get out of the normal range uh, because that agitates the body. Um, if their concentration starts to become a little furry around the edge or they start to lapse, all of those are indicators um, of something that is going on and it is... Uh, my strong recommendation that they sit down with somebody who is willing to listen, not to tell them what to do and how to do it, but allow that story to come out of them uh, because uh, words matter. Lance, I wonder in just a moment whether you'd like to lead us in prayer. I uh, saw on television this morning an interview with the Queensland Premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk, and uh, she was being asked about, you know, all sorts of things to do with tourism in Queensland and the tragedy and uh, the things that were unfolding. And, of course, uh, one of the things that she said was, you know, I'd like people to uh, pray. And so coming from one of our uh, national state leaders, the Premier of Queensland, uh, a lot of people will say, you know, well, just remember them in your thoughts and prayers. Well, let's actually do that. Let's actually pray. And Lance, if you're happy to lead us in a short prayer and the sorts of things that perhaps we can remember uh, those who are uh, the family, the immediate family, those who saw this tragedy, uh, those who might be suffering as a result of some of the effects of uh, the trauma that they've experienced, I wonder whether you could just lead us. Certainly, Neil. Just before we do that, one thing I'd just like to add is that with regard to trauma, it can actually be residual, that people have past traumas unrelated to a the new traumatic event and it can actually build up and it can become much more severe as trauma adds on trauma uh, throughout a person's life. If all of a sudden they're starting to find that their emotions, their thoughts, their anger, um, the, uh, their spiritual life all of a sudden becomes destructive, um, two things I'd like to suggest. Number one, go and talk to your local GP. Number two, go and talk to your local pastor. That's good advice. Lead us in prayer, Lance. Father God, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and I pray peace, your peace, that peace that passes all understanding to now pervade everybody that has been involved directly and indirectly. For those that were there and those that were not, that those that are not hearing this prayer but you can touch them, those that are hearing this, I pray your peace that passes all understanding to come into every heart, into every life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And uh, Lance, thank you so much for leading us in prayer, because there is a sense that, you know, even when we see these images on television, or even as we're talking about them today, these as you say, there can be residual uh, trauma that people experience. So uh, wonderful to uh, to just have you uh, invite the presence of God, the peace of God into 
the lives of those listeners now who perhaps are a little disturbed by that. And, uh, you know, we can be disturbed by an awful lot of things, but sometimes, you know, when people are having a fun day at a theme park and some tragedy like that happens, uh, uh, it really does hit home. And, uh, Lance, I'll just point people to uh, your website uh, for people who'd like to make any contact with Lance Murgard, chaplainwatch.com. That's chaplainwatch.com. And uh, for listeners listening all around Australia, uh, there is oftentimes very good uh, listening ears when you call the likes of Beyond Blue or Lifeline uh, just to have someone to talk to if you are feeling that you are suffering in some way as a result of uh, whatever tragedy it might have been and whatever trauma that might have come upon you. Lance Murgard uh, from Chaplain Watch in Queensland. Lance, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Neil, thank you for the opportunity and blessings to everybody. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.